Welcome back to the Cheap Heat Productions podcast. Okay, welcome back to the show. And as you can see today, I have a special guest. It's Joe Mansman from Joe Mansman and the Midnight Revival Band. How are you doing today, man? Good. Thanks so much, man. Dude, your intro is epic. I feel like I should have worn my like WrestleMania fucking Saturday Night Main Event 87 shirt. <laughs> yeah, like as I said to you off camera, like there's a lot of wrestling related yeah. things in oh, here. So but awesome. you know. <laughs> I, I used to spend uh, some of my off time like YouTubing old uh, Saturday night main event programs. And I would sit there with just a bowl of chips and some popcorn. And I would watch those old matches. Oh, so awesome. Yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not today what it once was, that's for sure. Oh no, man. Like, dude, the the era of the colorful characters with the signature moves, you know I mean, that was like kind of kids friendly. That stuff's all over, man. But that was epic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I always yeah. say to people it's it there's no character development these days it's just wrestling it's there's no we like the in-betweens the storylines and all that kind of stuff but it doesn't really happen anymore it's just wrestling so it doesn't really do it for me even though i was at wrestlemania and i do have a lot of wrestling guests on we kind of focus on the past more so than the present yeah man you ever listen to that interview uh with uh i think it was jake the snake might have been on rogan where he talks about his time with uh, Andre the Giant when he was just a driver. No, I didn't hear that. Uh, at all. No, it's epic. I would, you know, try to Google that sometime. He talks about how when he was just a driver before he was Jake the Snake. You know, he he would uh, he would drive some of these wrestlers around, pick them up at airports and stuff. And there's an epic story he tells about Andre the Giant and like having to like drive this guy with a case of beer and how you know like he would go through 30 beers in half an hour <laughs> yeah he's actually got the guinness world record for drinking the most amount of beers like, oh, yeah, I don't know the exact that. figure yeah it's crazy anyway aside from the wrestling we're here to talk about you man and your music but like firstly how did you get into music did you start at a young age what did you want to be what did you want to do yeah i uh <clears throat> so i was about 11 years old or so when uh, my older brother, I'm, I'm the youngest of uh, six siblings, and uh, you know they were all out of the house well before m myself. And my uh, my last brother, before he moved out of the house, you know he passed on a box of mix, uh, you know mixtapes to me. And on uh, some of these mixtapes, he had bands like uh, Stone Temple Pilots and The Cure and Alice in Chains and uh, Garbage. And that's how I really got into music. And, um, you know, I was also really artistic. So I would spend a lot of time as a kid in my, in my bedroom, you know, drawing my own comic books and making up my own stories. And like the music was, I'd have that playing in the background that was really inspirational for that time. And then, um, when I was about, 
14 or so, I started playing music, uh, you know, with some friends in high school or, or middle school, high school, and uh, learning how, learning my first set of chords. And, you know, we'd start a band and like my first band, you know, we played our, our first gig at a, at a church and we only played three songs. So that's all we knew. <laughs> um, but uh, as I uh, as I went through high school, uh, I just became uh, just really enamored by, uh, you know, some of my heroes like you know like scott wyland and uh you know back then like stained was like you know the biggest band in the world and uh kid rock and even creed and uh i i that's all i wanted to do so i i decided you know unlike all of my other schoolmates you know who all went on to go to college and they eventually all kind of quit doing music i just continued you know after high school i saved as much money as i could i went on my first tour um, you know, I, I was in and out of a couple of fledgling bands here and there, you know, mostly just people who like didn't take it as serious as I did. They just wanted to do it as a hobby, you know, until, yeah. you know, fall semester started. And, uh, I just kept going with it and going with it and going with it. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of, um, opportunities throughout the years, you know, to sign to a couple of labels and sign a couple of publishing deals, you know, some things that either I just didn't take willingly or things that fell through for one reason or another. Um, but I continued on, I chugged on, and um, now uh, I, I play in this band, and we started this in uh, 2014. Uh, my brother Alex and I, who, uh, you know, he he grew up playing guitar, um, you know, watching me play shows, and um, and then Chris Becker, our keys player, joined us. We knew him from, from the music scene, uh, just locally, and, uh, and we recorded uh, a demo, and uh, we played a couple of shows here and there, but uh, again, it wasn't anything serious until uh, we had our our lineup in 2015 when we did our uh, Too Far Gone record. And then after that, the band just took off and we spent a whole lot of time on the road playing out, you know, mostly weekend stuff, just gigging every single yeah. weekend. And, um, and we and we did it all year long. And, uh, you know, two years went by real quick. And we when we realized that we we're averaging almost 100 shows a year, um, yeah. you know, we're... <clears throat> We were playing everything, you know, everything that was offered, you know, whether it was uh, a hotel bar or, you know, uh, backyard parties, you know, you name it, we played it. Uh, you know, we just did everything we could to cut our teeth. And um, we've had a, uh, this band has had a couple of lineup changes other than its three core members, which were myself, my brother and our keys player, Chris. And, uh, you know, we put out a new record with pretty much each lineup and uh and just chugged on we never had a whole lot of downtime in between where if somebody had left the band you know we didn't spend a whole lot of time you know not being productive we were always putting out content recording music and videos and uh you know finding even you know even having hired guns on stage with us so that we could keep playing live we just yeah. uh we just kept it going as long as possible and uh you know here we are now so right now we've got uh the tightest lineup I think that we've had in the history of our career and uh, definitely have uh, the best songs that we have written to date. Uh, Take it easy. Um, I'm so uh, grateful for that song because it, uh, it came out of, uh, you know, a really emotional mess in our lives. And now it's shaping up to be, you know, the most successful song that we've ever released to the public. So here we are now. How hard is it to find that core lineup? of the, the the total package of a band like you know because it's really difficult isn't it to find people that are committed to the cause because this is like really your baby isn't 
It is, yeah. You know, I, I was the founding member of this band, and uh, it is hard, and I, um, I, I consider anybody who's been in this band, you know, a part of its canon, and I, I try to maintain uh, a really great relationship with, with everybody who's done it because uh, they've shared a part of their lives with me, you know, whether it was for a year or just a couple of months or, or whatever the case may be. Um, the music has always meant so much to me personally that that's how I considered, uh, you know, their membership. It was, it was like you were giving up a part of your life for a time to, to help me fulfill a vision that I have. And uh, it is hard finding people that share that, you know, because uh, chemistry is, you know, 90% of a band. If, if a band doesn't uh, talk the same, walk the same, you know, have the same ideas, you know, have the same creative spark, uh, it tends to not, uh, you know, last very long, especially when it comes to songwriting, you know, um, when we've written songs, uh, I can pinpoint moments in each song that we have ever written where I can say, yeah, this this person came up with this part because this is what they were doing at the time. You know, this is this is how this part was birthed and this is how this riff came to be. And I, I can I have a really good like mental, uh, you know, uh, a photographic image of that stuff and how that stuff all came to be. And and a lot of it is because because chemistry. So. Um, luckily for us, you know, we have a pretty uh, tight music scene here in upstate New York, and it's kind of like a hybrid music scene where everybody plays in each other's bands and or or has, you know, because I mean, we all played shows growing up as kids. Um, so, you know, over the last, you know, seven, eight years, we've just been pulling people from a variety of bands that we are already very familiar with and uh, guys that we already knew pretty well, like... Um, our current lineup, you know, our, our bass player, Rob, you know, he was our manager for the last three years and now he's our bass player. And um, <laughs> our, uh, our drummer Maverick who joined us in February, you know, he played in a band that we played shows with before. So it's not like anybody in the band was necessarily unfamiliar. You kind of knew each other to a, a degree and already had that chemistry. Yeah. So everything, it's just kind of fallen into place then for you guys really. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the toughest part really is just when whenever we do have somebody switching out, you know, that poor bastard has to learn like, you know, 50, 60 songs sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, it, it takes a while to get people up to par. But then there's other people who, you know, they fall in so easily. And, and then there's other, there's, there's other situations, too, where like maybe we've just dropped a bunch of songs from our permanent set list. And so they don't really have a whole lot to learn other than jumping right into writing mode like with this lineup especially we as soon as we formed this lineup we jumped right into writing mode and we've been writing a record ever since yeah when you touched on sometimes you might play hotel bars or something like that obviously you implement then covers into the set list uh occasionally yeah like so yeah um every now and then uh we'll do you know uh like a biker club or something where we may may have to play for three plus hours and yeah. You know, the band does kind of pull from its deep catalog as well as covers. You know, we uh, and we we've, we've been doing that for years and years. Like uh, actually, my my bass player, Rob and I, we actually even have a covers duo that we do on the side where, you know, a couple times a month, he and I will just go out to the bars and just play covers for four hours at a pop and make some extra cash. And um, so, you know, we're, we're pretty familiar with all that. And uh, but it, it is pretty few and far between. We tend to not try to book yeah. those kinds of gigs. Yeah, but even still, like, even still, all the big bands, like, are, like, 
ninety percent of bands near, nearly that you go to see now will throw in a cover, no matter how big they are. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and, and we've done that for a long time. I mean, even on our records, you know, like uh, our last album, Renegade, that we put out last year, you know, we did a a cover of uh, Motley Crue's "Kickstart My Heart" and put it on that record. And uh, two years before that, we uh, we put out a cover of Danzig's "Mother" on Mother's I, Day. I heard that. I heard that earlier. Yeah, it was very good. Um, thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, I mean, there's, yeah, we we've got tons of covers. Some some still live on, you know, some future B-side albums like that. You know, might put them out in a couple of years. Who knows? But but yeah, we you know we do some Billy Idol and you know we do some Steppenwolf. We do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, if you were to describe that your guys' musical style before I play the latest music video, what would it be? Uh, so we are definitely uh, you can consider us hard rock, um, but. Um, Take It Easy, our current single, is definitely um, in the glam rock uh, universe, if, if you want to call it that. Um, we decided that that was really our first official ballad that we've put out as a band, although we have written and recorded some in the past, but nothing that we've ever put out to this capacity. Um, and this one is definitely uh, uh, more in the uh, the power ballad, hair metal uh, vein, but you know, the rest of our stuff comes from a very deep rooted uh, Southern rock background and, um, you know, a lot of old heavy metal, like, you know, Metallica and uh, a lot of sleaze rock in there. But uh, if, yeah, I would just sum it up and just tell people that we are hard rock, but, you know, we have a lot of pop elements to it too. Yeah. Let's take a little look at Take It Easy anyway. Cool. So... I didn't know when the right moment was to, to take it out, <laughs> to stop it. It's fine. You got to the chorus. Yeah. I was going to be like, oh, six minutes might be a bit much to throw in the middle. Yeah. That's that's the full version of that tune. We actually, um, right now, we've got a radio edit that's uh, out on major radio right now. It's about four minutes long or so. Yeah. Do you think that's the way like modern kind of rock has gone? Like the days of maybe six seven minute songs like radio stations don't want that they just want that quick hook don't they these days 
For sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I got some really good advice once from, uh, 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 Ronnie Van Zandt's guitar player. Um, I was chatting with him and he was telling me that, you know, you got to get to the hook within 55 seconds most of the time. And, uh, when we put out this tune, uh, yeah, you know, it was over six minutes long and that's actually what the, the video is the full length version of that. But our radio edit is about four minutes and change right now. And, uh, it is important because, um, especially with, uh, you know, in this generation who can just pull music right off of streaming websites, you know, very quickly, um, you know, for a radio station to really get people's attention, they have to do it quickly because if they're, if they're trying to put out a song out there that's six minutes long, I mean, they could air two commercials in that time you know, three commercials. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if they're, if they're going to like break up their, uh, you know, uh, their paycheck time, they've got to have a song that, that gets to the hook quickly and gets the point across. So, and uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, this is kind of, uh, this harkens back to the fifties and sixties when, when rock and roll first became a thing, you know, bands were dealing with um, vinyl records that could only hold maybe three minutes per side. So bands had to get smarter about their songwriting and, Put out singles that were you know under three minutes most of the time they were under two minutes like a lot of the beatles old catalog or the stones you know yeah and do you think about that now when you're writing a song do you like oh shit this is seven minutes long i need to cut this or do you just go with it uh no i i go with feel a lot and that has definitely did um in the bands a couple of times here and there where you know we were onto something and Maybe one of us thought that uh, you know a part was lasting too long, but I'm I'm I tend to be very adamant about uh, letting a song play out the way that it feels, and and if we think that you know the song has potential for you know any kind of commercial gain or whatever, then then maybe yeah we'll do some studio tricks and shorten it, but that's very few and far between. Like I would I would rather the song make the statement of the band and you know yeah. uh, reflect the heart of the band and what the band wants over you know um commercial integrity any day yeah do you think that's a mindset though in a lot of bands these days that they're thinking about that commercial aspect when they're writing oh for sure you know especially bands who are more established you know bands who yeah have uh have, have had a little bit of success you know in the streaming world and in the radio world you know, that is definitely something that they consider and more power to them. You know, that, that's that's great. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, however, there's, you know, there's bands like us that are still, you know, and we've had some success, but, you know, by no means have, you know, are we a band that's a household name, you know? So we just write the music that feels right for us. And, you know, uh, we we deal with anything else we have to deal with later. You know, right now, it's yeah. the, the songs are just a reflection of us and, and nobody else, so. And how difficult is it to to make it in the music business? Like, and where do you, where is your ultimate goal to get this band? So I would, I mean, really, I I, I want to tour full time. Um, you know, because right now, the especially post COVID, the band has has not really been touring. You know, I mean, we've we've yeah. done some local and regional stuff over the past two years, but you know, we came to a screeching halt after COVID. And, I'd like to get the band back on track to, you know, where we're averaging 100, 200 shows per year and touring full time. I would, that's definitely, that, that's primary goal number one. Um, you know, goal number two is, you know, we want to keep putting out as much music as quickly as possible. Uh, and that even that's not as realistic as some think, you know, I mean, we've been working on a record now for a couple of months and, um, you know, we're pretty well in, we're pretty far into it, but, you know, we keep, uh, 
dragging our heels back and forth on whether or not we want to release it as an EP or a full length or just keep putting out singles because the music industry is changing. Now yeah. people, they, they're listening to more singles and adding them to playlists. And, you know, uh, people, especially if they don't know who a band is, uh, they very rarely will give a band 45 minutes of their time and listen to a full length. You know what I mean? So it's more about just kind of winning the people very quickly. And uh, in, uh, we do that live too. You know, we want ideally to keep our set lists down to 30 to 45 minutes a pop. Um, and a lot of times we don't get that unless we're playing with somebody like Dokken or Quiet Riot, you know, when we're opening for bands like that. But um, yeah, to get back to your original question, you know, uh, our goal really is just to get the band back to touring full time and to putting out albums on a more consistent basis, you know, like once or twice a year is ideal. That's what we were doing before. So. Yeah, I've seen you guys have some very cool merch there on your website. Do you want to talk me through this one? Oh, that's an old one. <laughs> that one. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? Those uh, didn't sell for the longest time. Like, man, we sat on those bitches forever, and they, yeah. they weren't selling. But uh, it wasn't until we started playing some real sleazy biker bars. You know? Okay. And, uh, dude, like, yeah. You know, if, if this is okay to stay on your podcast, like how, you can how say whatever can you, you want, man. Yeah, you know I mean, like, dude, we do things like, you know, have people show us their tits for them, you know, and we'll just give them away to you. Um, I, I met my current girlfriend by selling her one of those. I, in fact, I sold her the last one. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We got a good story out of that, that little image there. Well, yeah, man. Uh, when we, when we talk about aside from that when we talk about covid anyway like how did that kind of impact the band we'll say because you were probably gained a little bit of momentum like a mm -hmm. lot of bands were and then boom everything is gone yep we were touring for a month uh february 2019 uh and then everything came to a screeching halt literally days after our last show um and uh we had a lot of, uh, so this was February, 2019. Um, so we had, we had been touring for a month. Uh, at the time, our guitar player dollars was brand new. He had just joined the band, had two practices and was immediately thrown into the thick of it. And that, um, uh, and it was cool because, uh, you know, we were, we were picking up heat. We had just put out a single called sellout with a video and, uh, we had just gotten the song into, uh, a NASCAR video game and, uh, you know, we were picking up steam and, uh, we played our last show before COVID was, uh, I want to say it was March 7th and it was March 11th when we got the news that everything had to stop. Yeah. So everything got canceled, but the band didn't quit anything at that point. We canceled our shows, but we had actually gotten together every week until, you know, things were over because we, uh, we, we were sitting on a bunch of material uh, that we had been writing at the time and we wanted just to take the downtime to develop those songs and we even recorded a live acoustic record during that time uh, called Fear in the Valley. We, we were holed up in a, an old boat garage that we had been renting and uh, it, the world was just strange, you know, I mean, it was nobody yeah. understood anything about this virus yet and here we, you know, here we were just sitting in this boat garage drinking beer and playing fucking guitar around a microphone and just hitting the record button and seeing what came out of it. So um with that record it's cool because when i listen back on that it's like a time capsule you know it brings me back exactly to to what the world was like when we were when we hit that record button yeah and thank god those days are over thankfully yeah yeah and, and you know shortly after after that um you know we started recording our renegade album and uh 
we took our time. It was just an EP, but it took us a year to record this EP just because we had so much time on our hands. Now, you know, we might as well just, you know, do the best we could. And we were recording it on our own, you know, so we, we, uh, we fine tuned things as much as we could with as much time as we could. And then after that record came out is pretty much when everything reopened. So, yeah. Isn't it amazing kind of what you can do yourself now, even at home in terms of recording, like compared to say 20 years ago? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a blessing and a curse, uh, I'm sure to most bands, you know, cause, uh, great in the sense that you have, uh, you know, even a lot of free resources out there where you can just, you know, you can download a software and record yourself and it sounds amazing, you know, um, teach yourself on a YouTube channel, how to, how to be a recording engineer and how to mix a record. But, uh, definitely not great in the sense that now you're competing with millions of bands in the pool, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, every every kid has a band now and, and everybody's competing for that same space. So. And it's time consuming also. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time too, you know, I mean, it's made songwriting and demoing and things like that easier, you know, like right now when we're writing, we'll, we'll track something and just upload it to a Google drive file, you know, and we'll sit on, you know, 10, 12 demos that everybody can access at any time, you know, from a cloud. And this, that, that's pretty cool. But, but what's, I, I what's definitely your thoughts? Like the idea of competing against yeah. millions of bands, you know? <laughs> yeah. What's what's your thoughts on bands? I've seen a lot of bands lately um playing with without any amps anymore, just kind of using the digital wireless stuff. Like I went to see, we'll say that band I went to see in Dallas from Finland, no amps. Um mm -hmm. when I went to see Chris Jericho's band, Fozzy, no amps, um, electric drum kit was kind of strange, but is that the way it's kind of going for live shows? Yeah, I mean, I'm not so down with the electric drum kit idea. That thing's kind of fucking bizarre. But um, we actually, in our band, we, we've gone to modelers. Now, we still use amps on stage, um, but yeah. um, everything that we put through those amps is through digital modelers. In fact, both of our guitar players and our bass player right now are using head rush pedals. Um, and our guitar player, um, he was... Uh, he was in like a like a beta testing group when that pe when that pedal came out. So he still hosts a YouTube channel where he teaches people how to use this pedal because there's there still isn't a whole lot known about it. But a lot of bands are are going uh, in that direction only because one, it makes touring easier with less gear. Yes, yes. <clears throat> um, but two, you know, when you have access to uh, you know hundreds of amps and millions of tones that you can uh, use to blend uh, and create your own sound, why not? So we've been doing the modeler thing now for about two years and it's worked out great for us, but, but, you know, we'll never get rid of amps on stage. Like, you know, we, we still need the amps. We, you know, I need the amps as a singer, you know, I have to be able to hear those guitars right behind me, you know, right, ride, ride the fucking lightning. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, that, that, is, that is the future, man. That is the way bands are definitely going. Yeah. It was just something that kind of like, I don't know that much about that Speaking side of, that side of music. Know, Head rush, give us an endorsement. We've been we've been hitting your ass up now for years. Guess come on, head rush, we're on we're on cheap heat head podcast. Dog. Come on. <laughs> head rush, head rush. If you're watching, you're probably not, but talk to these guys. <laughs> uh, if you're looking at the rest of the year, what's your what's your plans for the rest of the year? Uh, we're gonna be releasing another single here in the next uh, five weeks. And then uh, we uh, are set up to be touring in the fall. We're uh, 
We're going to hit up uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Virginia, Nashville, um, the Carolinas. So we have a lot of stuff right now on the uh, on the roster that we are excited about. And then yeah. uh, we plan to do another video here also uh, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, uh, we've got some really exciting uh, news maybe with Kiss that I can't really talk about. <laughs> oh, okay. But you kind of you kind of said I, it, but I, we'll have I, to I watch out, this. Yeah, I found out some news today. I can't, you know, I can't. I'm obligated not to share. Yeah, that's what the oh shit was earlier. Okay, okay. I came in at a really bad time, so or a good time. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Good stuff coming down the pipeline. I promise. Excellent, man. If people want to follow you guys on social media, where do they go? Uh, so go to our official website. It's the Midnight Revival Band rocks, and right on our homepage, you can get links to every single social media. Uh, platform that we're on just got to pick your poison uh, but we are on uh, Facebook and Instagram even TikTok you know uh, and every digital streaming service that there is you can find the Midnight Revival Band and uh, Take It Easy is out on YouTube right now and uh, it's taken off so absolute pleasure to have you on today man thanks a million for your time you too, man good times we'll have you on uh, hopefully again maybe in the next couple of months and we'll see where you guys are at Cool, man. I'll, uh, I'll send you some of the new tunes. Excellent, man. Thanks a million. Thank you.